The Teachers College at Emporia State University presents How We Teach This. Welcome to season three of our podcast, How We Teach This. In this episode, we have the honor of speaking with the 2022 Kansas Teacher of the Year team. We will have links to the resources that they've shared from their presentation on our website, www.emporia.edu HWTT. They have created a presentation that inspires teachers to remember why they became teachers. We only have a limited time to visit, so we'll get right to it. Teachers, when you answer a question, would you please introduce yourself first so our audience knows who is speaking? Our first question, could you please share a story about a student who inspired you to be a better teacher? Hi, my name is Suzanne Stevenson. I'm a fourth grade teacher in Dodge City, Kansas. Um, my student that would I would say was the most inspirational for me um, on my first day of teaching, my first year, I had a newcomer student walk into my classroom who had never been to school before. She did not speak English and she had an entirely different cultural background. And I worked my entire year that year trying to figure out how to serve her the best that I could. And she really kind of drove my passion for working with culturally and linguistically diverse students. And I still think of her very often. And every time I get a newcomer student in my classroom, I am reminded of how far I as an educator have come. And I'm constantly pushing myself to do better for those kids. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, next question. How do you practice self-care? So Lori Tezius, I teach fourth grade in Cheney Elementary, and I'm going to kind of turn your question around because we've been talking about instead of self-care, looking at co-care and getting that support from our peers that we're teaching with, whether it's in our building. For us, it's our KTOY team this year. Also getting that co-care from other positive teachers around the country. So when you need help, when you're going through a difficult situation, reaching out to other people to be your support system. I love that. The idea of getting others for support. Thank you. Anyone else? My name is Amanda Ketterling. I am a library media specialist at Bar Springs Elementary School. My district does a lot of really great things for their teachers, like providing yoga classes and other things for mental health awareness, as well as social emotional. I think just taking time to realize that you are a person outside of your career, which as we know, education is not a seven to three job. It does follow you home. It follows you to your community, but you do have to advocate for yourself and what you need as well. So there might be a time at for me, it's my Netflix shows, you know, in the evenings, you just have to shut off the media, shut off your mind a little bit to give yourself some time to recoup, um, to keep your mental health awareness as well. And just, you know, go on a walk, get some fresh air. I know a lot of school districts do walking clubs and things, and you're not allowed to talk about school, which is really hard. So just to keep, keep in mind that the more healthy you are as a teacher and an educator, the better you're going to do at helping your students stay that way as well. This is great advice. In our season one, episode four, The True Science of Self-Care for Teachers, Dr. Persinger actually shares that it is not 
something to feel guilty about. You have to take care of yourself in order to take care of your students. And I encourage you, if you're interested in more information about that, to check out that episode. What is something specific that you do to learn more about a student's needs, especially for a withdrawn student? Well, one thing, uh, sorry, my name is Amber Crithers. I'm an English teacher at Hutchinson High School. There are several things and activities you can do to get to know students without having them stand up and talk. <laughs> Google Forms is a great resource. I do um, check-ins every Monday and Friday. Students let me know how they're feeling, and I ask questions and have cute little comics on there just to, to get to know them. But um, you can connect with students in, in many different ways besides having them stand up and speak. Just something really quickly, uh, and I am Natalie Johnson-Berry. I teach in the Shawnee Mission School District at Shawnee Mission North High School. Something I started doing a couple of years ago, it was just doing games on Friday. And so like, I'm a real, I'm a beast at Uno. Like I will challenge you to the death. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I play games with my students from old school games, like pick up sticks. We do Uno. They just taught me something new. I can't remember what it was. And I lost, but we do games and that's an informal way of pulling kids in. And if I have kids that's sitting alone, we draw them into the, the larger group. We had Jenga competitions. We just had one of those like right before the holidays. And they're really serious. They commentate. They do all kinds of things. So I like to do games. And I also dance in class. I do goofy TikToks and everything else. Like I just get really silly and it draws even the most um, shy student out. Hi, this is Kristen Salazar from Eisenhower High School in Goddard, Kansas. I am on a more serious note where I just sit down and discuss or talk to kids one-on-one -on -one privately just to get to know and you kind of see what they're working on and you just make that conversation. Oh, you like this? Well, I do too. Let's talk about this. And so I'm a more serious person when it comes to having that one-on-one -on -one conversation with kiddos. Thank you. Do you have a go-to classroom management strategy that works really well for you? Lori Tezius again, uh, fourth grade, Teeny Elementary. I think my go-to management strategy is one word, relationships. Yeah. You have to build the relationships so that the kids will uh, respect you and you can connect with them. They know what your expectations are. And my fourth graders, I always talk to them about, you know, are you, I believe, I believe in you. I know that you can do this. You know what you're supposed to do. Hi, I'm Lisa Martinez. I teach high school Spanish at Seaman High School in Topeka. And um, something I do in my classroom is I am constantly reminding the students that they are safe. I always say things like, I'm not going to push you off a cliff or drop you in the middle of the ocean and clap my hands and say, speak Spanish. You know, you can, you can trust me. And I have to say this stuff a lot, um, but then I also have to prove it in the way I grade, the way I encourage them. For example, if they communicate out to me in Spanish and make a ton of mistakes, but I understand them, then we celebrate that right from the get-go. I also do brain breaks where I incorporate music, you know, usually Spanish-speaking music uh, and things like that. And I do that on a fairly regular basis. And so they know they're going to kind of get that little bit of little break in class to help reset their mind. Oh, yeah. And recently um, we attended a conference <laughs> called Capturing Kids' Hearts. And 
I picked up and adopted good things, which basically you ask everybody to think of something that they're grateful for, something great that happened or something really fun maybe that is coming up. It could be big or small. And once everybody has something, um, they come up to the front of the classroom and people come up to support them on either side. And the person in the middle shares out the thing that they liked. And then that chair is replaced by one of the support people and a new support person comes up. And we always celebrate the people who have chosen to come up and support, especially since I've been gone so much. I've really tried to do that every single time I'm there so that um, it not only reminds them that it's me, you know, and um, but it also helps me catch up really quick on what's happening with all of them. All right. What was the best advice that you've received from a mentor? Um, I was fortunate enough. This is Amanda Ketterling at Bonner Springs Elementary School. Um, I was fortunate enough to have an amazing mentor for all but this year, which she's still my mentor, but our principal that we had previously, um, her name is Kim Mitchell. She told me to always remember that we are growing children. To get to their mind, you have to get to their heart. Um, And so that always sticks with me too. And that's part of our presentation as well is to make sure you're connecting to kids' hearts as well as their minds, because the academics will follow if you do that first. We're not trying to, you know, have success be defined as grades. And so building those relationships and making those connections, she had instilled that in me from my very beginning 22 years ago in education. And that is the most biggest advice I can give people. Um, Amber Kruners, English teacher, Hutchinson High School. My current principal, Ryan Avey, was actually our assistant principal. And he was my assistant principal probably during my worst year of teaching. A couple of pieces of advice that he gave me as he was kind of mentoring me through that really bad year. Uh, Change isn't an event, it's a process. And growing, it's, I mean, as a teacher, we're constantly growing, we're constantly improving our practice. And even though that was a really bad year, you know, he helped me get through it and I grew. A couple of like discipline things that he's like, quit taking it personally. A lot of the things that the kids are doing have nothing to do with you. Um, and then my favorite, it's called hit and run. Like if a kid's kind of mouthing off to you, you just say something and then walk off. So, and, and the other thing too, is like, you know, don't hold a grudge. Every class is a new, it's a new opportunity each day. So, and the, kid, the kids need us. So. Sorry, this is Amanda. I have one more. She, my principal used to always say to parents, give us the best children that they have. Everybody wants success for the kids and they're giving us the best children they, we have and they have. Um, and through the course of my career, I've had all amazing students and I can honestly say I've loved every single student, no matter the challenges in the classroom. I never really had an official mentor, but just people I've known um, over the course of 22 years, I've learned a thing or two. And one thing going back to what some of my k toy uh, teachers have said is, It is about relationships, but it's also about not holding a grudge. I've had kids who it may be like um, someone in the classroom who has, (laughs) I'm going to say this nicely, but driven other teachers crazy. But because I never saw them as a behavior, um, it was a constant, how are you today? How was your game? What did you do over the weekend? And they have absolutely done heads and shoulders above what they would have done in any other classroom because I didn't focus on that behavior. 
So I, I am actually um, out of time, but and that was my last question. Um, does anybody else have one last thing they'd like to share before we wrap up? I wish we had more time for the podcast because I'd love to hear more words of wisdom from you. Thank you. I guess they're putting me on the spot. This is Kristen Salazar again. I guess the biggest thing I would tell future educators is the kids don't care what they what content you know, but they want us to care for them. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor. Haven't heard of how we teach this. I would encourage you to tune in, listen to the episode, check out some of our back episodes, and also um, look at our website that we have resources and information there from our first two seasons, as well as we'll have some resources I heard you share earlier today in your presentations. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That concluded the specific interview dedicated for the podcast, but stick around. We have some recorded clips from their presentation earlier in the morning that you might find interesting and inspiring. And his name is Alejandro Orjano for short. He was born in Chicago and he moved to Kansas in elementary school. His family speaks Spanish at home. And because of that, Hano attends ESL class. He misses part of his other classes while he attends ESL because he gets pulled out of the classroom. And he feels like he's behind, embarrassed, and even stupid when he compares himself to other kids in his class. As we talk about Hano today, I want you to kind of remember some of the things that he's carrying with him, what circumstances he may be experiencing that he may not be speaking about or showing. During virtual pandemic, <laughs> pandemic, pandemic <laughs> teaching, uh, I came across, I was, I was really trying to make my classes, you know, um, just the most interesting I could just to keep my students engaged, right? And I came across this artist, her name is Angelica Das, and she has a project um, that has gained global recognition uh, by the name of Human Eye. And she um, makes the point in her project <laughs> that though we commonly refer to black, white, red, and yellow, you know, as um, skin tone references, that we are all made up of drops and drops of that in our own unique shade. But she moves on and she talks about this concept that really hit home um, for me as I thought about my students and then for me as I thought about myself as a teacher. And this was this concept of an invisible backpack. And she says that even today, I continue to carry on an invisible backpack full of stereotypes and concepts about who I am. As teachers, we have, um, you know, all these students in front of us, depends on whatever age, but you can imagine them, right? And they all have a backpack on. And a lot of times you are well into a school year or maybe even beyond that before you find out what's in that backpack. It could be positive, it could be negative. You just don't know. And so we have to look at that, that kid, that student, accept them for who they are, regardless of what they are carrying with them, right? And then the second piece of that, how that affected me so much as a professional was realizing that I'm carrying my own backpack, right? 
And then also realizing that everybody I encounter is carrying their own backpack. And sometimes you never find out what those contents are. But, but over the years, the experiences that you have with others can be added to your backpack so that you can draw from them going forward. So this is a kiddo that uh, graduated several years ago. His name is Hano. He's our Hano that's grown up. And um, he was taken out of school a lot, you might remember, um, because of his ESL classes. Um, but now as an adult or as a high school student, he is fluent in English, um, but he does have those gaps in his knowledge because he missed a lot of content um, in between like growing up and, and learning another language and missing class, right? Um, so really lacking there with the confidence, but he is really, really awesome at soccer. He's super goofy, lots of friends, <laughs> but he'll come up to me and he'd say, I can't wait till you have my brother because he's the smart one. You're really gonna love him as if he's less lovable, right? Um, or as if somehow his brother is better. Uh, and his dad is a roofer and a mechanic. And one day I said, hey, what do you wanna be? What do you wanna be? And he said, I'll probably just be a mechanic like my dad. And he said, or I said, well, why don't you own the shop? And he's like, no, that's not for me. And that was a huge thing I put in my backpack because I realized there's a lot of kids out there who just plain and simple think that there are things that are not for them. But I also want you to understand that there are things that he's carrying around that he is likely going to see as a disadvantage, but it's our job to help him change that into an advantage. For example, he's bilingual. I'm not bilingual. Okay, we're going to take, Amanda and I are going to take the next part and just thinking about what Lisa said to you about what is in your personal backpack and things that you can use those with your, the kids. Our character that we're going to talk about is again a compilation of both students that we've had and also our own uh, personal children um, are involved in this character here. So this is Beatrix. We're gonna do an activity called right now called uh, Just Like Me. And this is something you could do in your <laughs> classrooms. So as I tell you the story of Beatrix, if I say something that is like, oh, I've experienced that, we want you to stand up so that you can kind of wake up here. So starting off right now, Beatrix is, per, is in fourth grade. I teach fourth grade, just like me. I and you've all been grade. in fourth grade. So you all been in fourth grade? stand up. There so that way your chairs are pushed out and you're ready to go. Okay, so, okay, so there we go. Okay, so Beatrix's parents um, have divorced and uh, she is living with her father and her uh, younger brother. That's just like me, except I live with an older brother. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Nice. Thank, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have a, young, I have a younger possibly... brother, but my parents are not divorced. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to relate to really like, You yeah. can relate to Beatrix. Uh, Beatrix has been labeled on the autism spectrum, which is like both Amanda and I, we both I have my son has been <laughs> labeled on the autism spectrum. She does another unique thing about her that is a possible connection is that she has a very unique pet. She has a pet skunk. Anybody have any <laughs> unique pets in here? I had a goat who thought he was a horse. <laughs> I had rats and I stepped on a Rats? And a, and a parakeet. And a parakeet. Very nice. I love that. 
Uh, she also has been given a nickname because when she gets nervous, she kind of starts flapping. And so she's been given the nickname of Buzzy. And growing up, I did have a unique nickname. You know, I had friends that called me Giraffe. I Oh, <laughs> um, so these are just different ways that you could connect with the kids that you might possibly have in your classroom. You have to capture the kids' hearts before you can capture their mind. As, as we said, you have a lot of things in your invisible backpack, right? But you also have a lot of things in your own heart. And this is mine. Um, and you can't tell that by looking at me, right? It's inside. And so we want you to think of your part, whether it's positives or what you assume is a negative as superpowers that you can really reach your students because of them. So what you're going to do today is think about what makes you unique. What makes you powerful? What superpowers do you have? Maybe you can't see them. Maybe it's something you've experienced as a child or experienced as a young adult. So try to think of as many things that you carry around with you in your heart. It could be stuff in your invisible backpack, but it also might be things that you've experienced that you can relate to a child in your classroom that can make you have a better connection. So I'm a library media specialist in an elementary school. And one of the things that Lori and I love is literature because literature is a huge way to connect with your students. They need to be able to see themselves in books and relate. And so this is how I use this activity um, with some of my students this year. You can use it in math, you can use it in science in high school, it doesn't matter. It's a great get to know you activity. Um, I use this with the book called All My Stripes um, because I have a son and so does Lori who are on an autism spectrum disorder. And it really lets kids relate and understand um, the needs of other children. And so um, this little zebra, he has what he calls his autism stripe. And he says, that's all people can see, which is not true. He has an artistic stripe and a musical stripe and a world traveling stripe and a pilot stripe because he loves to drive little planes and stuff. So there's tons of things that he realizes that he has to offer that are in his heart. So you could take it as a heart activity. You could transition it into draw yourself portrait and put your stripes <laughs> on yourself. You could take it into math. Explain how you thought that was math. Yeah, I did this one time with my class as a math activity, and we just went through and they did the same activity with using numbers. You know, how many kids are in your family? You know, how many kids live in your house? Um, how many states have you traveled to? How many pets do you have? And it really gave me a connection as to, oh, they have, you know, 12 pets. Wow, what's going on there? You know, what, what are their pets? And then I could find some ways that I could connect with them. I'm going to quote a rap song, um, Julio's Gangster's Paradise, I'm sorry, but he says it, he says, if they can't understand it, how can they reach me? If you can't get to know your kids, how are you ever going to reach them? I hope you have enjoyed hearing just a few snippets of the presentation that the 2022 Kansas Teacher of the Year team gave today at Emporia State University. Obviously, this wasn't their entire presentation, but uh, little words of wisdom and some inspiration 